Hello everyone, it's Charlie. I just wanted to give a quick goodbye as I've decided to step away from the Editor's Note podcast. I just want to say thank you to everyone who has listened and participated in our fangirlness. It has been a wonderful experience. I will continue listening and being Jordan and Sawyer's number one supporters, and I can't wait to see where they take this podcast. And yeah, I just, again, want to say thank you. It has been just a delight. Hello and welcome to Editor's Note. My name's Sawyer. I'm Jordan. And I'm Octavian. And let's get into it. We're We're back! back. (laughs) You may have noticed we have a new voice with us. Um, This is Octavian. Hi. Welcome, Octavian. Yes, welcome. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, Charlie has decided to take a step back from the podcast, but we totally support her decision to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to keep pushing forward uh with our new bff octavian <laughs> so yeah BFF. welcome to the pod octavian <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself a little bit hi well um i'm octavian i am a film student just like these dudes um and i'm just excited to be here yeah <laughs> Yeah, excitement. Woo! (laughs) So, as the title of this podcast, or of this episode, does, we are going to be covering Do Revenge um, on the occasion of new members, new seasons. We are also changing the format of our podcast just a little bit, so it's easier on us and hopefully more enjoyable for you as listeners. Basically... We're kind of stepping away just a little bit from the full-blown analysis that we've kind of been doing in previous episodes, and more it's just kind of like we've just all watched the movie, and it's like the post-movie excitement about the movie. (laughs) I just said movie like four times. That's okay. It's a podcast about movies. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. Um, We probably will not be covering any TV shows, realistically, just because TV shows are a lot more time. TV shows are really lame. <laughs> Movies are much better. Hot take. Hot take. Just, just kidding. <laughs> it's just that TV shows take a long time to watch. Yeah. So It's a lot of media to consume and a lot to talk about. So yeah. we're just going to kind of stick to Strictly Movies. If we happen to do a TV show, though, yeah. th- th- then we do. Then you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Not our problem. <laughs> All right, let's actually get into it. Do revenge. Yeah. <laughs> this movie. Oh my god. This movie is crazy. Like what? what? It. Sorry. When I tell you that literally Octavian like took the remote from me and stopped it like <laughs> seven minutes in, just hating it so much. Okay, hear me out. Like. <laughs> When the when the movie started, it really felt like just like a generic like teen drama that like was just gonna be another like throwaway film. But like Yeah. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's it's good. Like I said, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Do you wanna do like a synopsis or do you wanna Yeah, I, I can. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. A short 
it's not really a synopsis, more just like a log line, which if you don't know what a log line is, it's essentially what the movie is without saying what the movie is. Basically, two teenage, two 17-year-olds decide that they are going to go on this little revenge heist and get revenge on each other's bullies. Yep. And that is a plot. But it's so much more than that. It takes, <laughs> like, five million different turns. Uh-huh. And it's... It, it's just... Yeah. This is your 10-second spoiler warning. We are going to be talking about all and everything that happens. So, yeah. So, click get out of here if and you come back. watched it. Watch the movie and come back. Yeah. So. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Okay. If you're still here and you haven't watched it, that's really unfortunate for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that was, like, the slight plot synopsis, because that is essentially what does happen. Um, some important key characters, which I guess if you have already seen it, then you should know this, are the two main girlies are Drea and Eleanor, played by Camila Mendez and Maya Hawk. If I say Maya Hawk, I'm referring to Eleanor. <laughs> Because I'm really bad at character names. Um. I will remember the character names. <laughs> I will carry that weight on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I'll use Thank the you. correct names. Yes. And then, I don't know what the actor's name is, but um, the one that plays Cat's boyfriend in Euphoria, um, he plays Max. And Max is... Uh, Austin <laughs> Abrams. Austin, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how we, so- we, we discussed this episode and we were like well we should probably like try and include more actor names and like (laughs) directors and maybe some like production info and then we didn't do any of that and we just were like oh yeah we're just gonna start recording and not think about it at all the the director is jennifer caton robinson and writers um celeste ballard and jennifer caton robinson all right nice female filmmakers produced by Produced, distributed, <laughs> made <laughs> by Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. <laughs> so the executive producer is Joshua. God, help! <laughs> help me, please. Joshua Bakove. Is it Joshua Bacove or Bakove? Bakove is funner. <laughs> Joshua Bakove. Anthony. Bregman, Peter Cron, Matt Levin, Jennifer Caton Robinson. This movie took so many, like, turns. We were guessing, like, throughout the entire thing, we kept, like, pausing it mm-hmm. to give our predictions. And, like, every so often we'd be like, okay, this per- this person is the is the bad guy. Like, yeah. they're the antagonist. No, just kidding. This, person's this person is the antagonist. And then at the end, it was like... No, that's what I thought at the beginning, yeah, and then they yeah. psyched us out. You were right the whole time. I mean, all of them are low-key kind of terrible, toxic people, but that, they also know it. No, for So real. it's fine. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, you don't even, like, at a certain point, you're like, I don't even know who's wrong. Like, they're all wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do they deserve to get a redemption? Yeah. Maybe. 
be not, but, like, they all know that they're crazy, so... <laughs> it's, like, at a certain point, all of the crazy, like, cancels out. And yeah. yeah. Like, God, it's just, I'm too exhausted to try yeah. to keep going. Yeah. Because they kind of did the... It's not a... Tro- it's a trope, but it's... I don't know how to explain the trope of, like, they... Sh- like, Drea is the main character in this, um, but they kind of did the trope where it's, like, the person you least suspect is the one that did the most revenge, if you will. Because my Hawks character, like, there's this whole thing where she, like, tells her something at the beginning, and then it tells her something about someone, and then at the end, it's like, you didn't know I was talking about you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, secret villain? And that, yeah. Was a close best friend the whole time? Mm-hmm. Didn't see that coming. How did you guys feel about that? Like, about the fact that, like, Drea couldn't remember that she was the bullier? I guess I, it makes, it kind of makes sense for her character. It felt a little bit character. plot-driven instead of character-driven. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it, yeah. Just because you know how smart she is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you you know that she's, like, very self-centered, but she is very, very smart and very, very calculating. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, even if, even if she had forgotten, I don't think she would have forgotten for, like, as long as she did. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Eh, but, like, uh, I'm, o- I'm okay with it, because mm-hmm. it's, like, I think it leads to, like, a good arc mm-hmm. for the two characters. Yeah, they went on very interesting journeys as characters, both together and, like, separately. Yeah. Because they went on both, like, reverse and the same arc at the same time, and it was very interesting how they kind of, like, weaved that all together. Because, like, she went... Drea went from being on the inside to, like, the outside, and then Eleanor went from on the outside to the inside, but then you hear that Eleanor actually, like, played her the entire time, but then also not, because I guess Max played them the entire time, but then he's also just an idiot. Yeah. So it's still it, really, it's like a bunch of bad people just being bad to each yeah. other, and yeah. then, like, in the end you're like, well, I guess the least bad can be friends. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah. lesser of... I kinda, Multiple evils. <laughs> yeah, I would think. I think one thing that this movie has a little bit fault in is it. It feels long at the beginning, like the second half of it goes by really fast. But the first half of it, like the first forty-five minutes, mm-hmm. I think it just takes a lot of time to like build up. I think that the when it really like comes into its own is mm-hmm. when you start to realize just how like actually insane like like when they start just like going full in on like the like these high schoolers they're doing drugs they're planning drugs on other people they're growing shrooms yeah they're at like they're committing (laughs) crimes and then they're like planting crimes on other people like they are crazy Mm -hmm. and they're all having sex with each other and it's crazy yeah and so that's when you're like, oh, this is good. Like, this movie <laughs> this, is interesting. This is good. But the first 45 minutes, like you said, is kind yeah. of like, you're like, okay, when are they, like, doing the mean girls? Mm-hmm. Like, when are they, it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And th- they, yeah. I so, think they had a pretty effective Regina Mo- Jones, Mo- Regina George, George moment. Like, I feel like that was pretty effective. Like, in the yeah. way they did it. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a movie do it as well as I think that the, this one did. 
It definitely draws a lot on, like, the tropes that are established by, like, your Heathers, your Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. But it takes that and then, like, plays with them in interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's not cringy. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with, like, the way that the main character, Andrea, is, like, the queen bee. And she's she's conniving, she's manipulative, she's self-centered, but also she's all of those things because she comes from, like, a place of, um, like, she's, uh, like, uh, lower income than all of mm-hmm. her peers, and she's only at her, like, very prestigious high school because of a scholarship, and she's, like, very angry at the world because of, like, all the people around her have been given everything that they've ever wanted and she's mm-hmm. had to fight for it tooth and nail yeah. like her whole life mm-hmm. so it like you definitely understand like why she is the way that she is and it definitely takes that like Regina George character and kind of flips it on its head because it's like she's awful but she's also like coming from a place that is more relatable mm-hmm. than like Regina George. Yeah. It's almost like, um, like what, like, Lindsay Lohan's character, like Mm -hmm. Katie, would have become if she had stayed with the Mean Girls, you know? Yeah. If she had, like, let herself be consumed by that, like, world, because you get addicted to it, Mm -hmm. and it, it, you, it just shows that, like, her getting addicted to it, and then, like, that just becoming who she is, just like it shows with Eleanor later how she becomes a little bit addicted to it and just how like just the feeling of like people giving their attention like to you exactly it's addicting Mm -hmm. um and it can make you act in really irrational ways Mm -hmm. yeah one thing that I also enjoyed is how Eleanor like acknowledges that receiving that like attention and being a part of like the popular crowd being inside the inner circle she enjoys it like she doesn't like reject it or like she doesn't outright object reject it once she like realizes that what like they throw her a birthday party like they're actually like considering some of her feelings like they're Mm -hmm. genuinely being nice to her and they say like even if you were pretending at first just to, like, get something that you want, mm-hmm. it, you're not pretending anymore, because she genuinely does, like, she is, like, addicted to it, mm-hmm. and she is, like, into that crowd. And yeah. so I thought that that was a nice thing to do, because I think, like, the whole, like, I never wanted this. I like skating and, like, <laughs> wearing shorts, and I like <laughs> not... I like wearing my hair in a ponytail. I don't like this girly stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't like hanging out with other girls or going to party. Like, you know that, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the rejection of, like, popular things because of, like, being yourself. I, I just thought it was a, and again, it's, like, weird because this movie, like, everybody's a horrible person, but it's, like, I thought it was nice because it was just, like, oh, good, we're not doing the thing that literally everybody has done. Yeah, I liked, yeah, yeah, I really liked that. You kind of said this. This is kind of like Netflix's, like, redemption of Sarah Burgess as a loser. Yes. Because that movie is so bad. We will not be reviewing that movie. (laughs) That movie just is bad. Bad. I never saw that movie. Really? Oh, 
it's not, not good. Don't, no. don't watch it. Yeah, it's I'm not good. good. Um, but, yeah. It, like, does what Sarah Bridges thought it was doing yeah. on so many better levels. Also, the, like, the set design and costume design in this movie... It's oh, really good. Oh, my gosh. It's, Jessica's. like, I, I mean, it's, like, I, I don't know if I would call it, like, I kind of want to compare it to Euphoria. Yeah. Like, just the way that everybody has, like, their own... I think they definitely tried to emulate that in a to an extent. They didn't want to exaggerate as much as Euphoria did. Yeah. Right. But I think they definitely wanted to pull from that to kind of pull in the mm-hmm. crowd of people who do really like makeup and fun clothes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and because it's seen as like in the industry as like a relatable thing for like our characters to be having like cool makeup and cool mm-hmm. outfits because like that's what that's what the teens want to see but like <laughs> this actually feels like they were like not not that euphoria is not like that was a completely unique situation but mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of um more recent films since euphoria have been trying to like pull from that um I- inspirationally and it's very obvious it's obvious but this wasn't yeah. too obvious like it felt like it was just so, mm-hmm. like, kids kind of expressing themselves. And yeah. it, like, makes sense because it's, like, they are uber, uber rich. Like, all the kids are extremely mm-hmm. wealthy. Mm-hmm. And so they're all able to wear, like, very fashionable, like, tailored clothing that mm-hmm. have, like, a lot of, like, classic silhouettes. It's not, like, we talked about in the not, we when we were talking about not okay, like, the clothes that they wear are kind of, like, dated almost. Like, you can tell that they were kind of, like, influenced by micro-trends. Yeah. But in this movie, everything is very kind of, like, timeless-looking. Like, in a way that you mm-hmm. can tell that people who are, like, have had money Affluent, for yeah. all all their lives, like, yeah. dress that kind of certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of interesting how they didn't try to, like... I feel like a lot of movies right now would try to pull like make them relatable like make them want to be relatable if that makes sense because they're so rich that they didn't there wasn't like anything like there was like the slight community service or whatever um that i feel like they didn't even like really do but yeah (laughs) do you understand what i'm trying to say like they're not trying to do the thing where it's like the rich girl and the poor guy gets together and she realizes her privilege yeah, it's There's just no like talk the sh- of privilege in this movie. They just... Everyone's just rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, like, a little bit... I was kind of thinking about, like, towards the end. Because mm-hmm. I thought that they were kind of going to address a little bit more of, like, the ways that um, Drea's, like, position in, like like, her socioeconomic status was going to, like, play into her, um, character arc, but then they didn't, and I was a little bit, I was a little bit, not, maybe not let down, but, like, I was expecting it, and they didn't do it. I feel like so many characters do that, Yeah, I feel like on some level they did it. It, it feels more like, so like you said, a lot of characters have had that arc, Um, And so it's just been seen so many times. Um, So I think what they did here was make it just less of a forefront. 
So mm. still she had that experience of being like at the top of her like game. She was top of the social ladder and got kicked down all the way to the bottom. And then she had to deal with how to like function without being at that that top spot that she had worked so hard to be at. And I think towards the end, you get to see that she's realizing that she's like she doesn't need to be in that top spot to feel confident and okay in herself. Yeah. Um, mm. So I think they did have that arc to an extent, but without making it as obvious as a lot of other teen dramas do. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're right. It did. It did feel like it was lacking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like they almost could have pulled it out just a little bit more and been like. Yeah. I just, I just wish she would have gone to Yale. <laughs> like, so, basically, throughout the entire movie, like, yes, I understand why she didn't, because it's, like, she felt like she needed to, to, like, be successful, um, so it was kind of, like, a pressures of society or whatever, and then at the end, she decides, no, she doesn't want to go to Yale. But it's also just, like, I wish her, I would have rather her, like, have, an, like, us know something else that she's into that she's gonna pursue rather than just like leaving it out because I feel like it is kind of an overplayed thing where it's like they're gonna go to this school but then like oh they aren't actually gonna go to this school they're gonna go pursue this Mm -hmm. and they didn't have the go pursue this idea not idea but like thing I guess I I guess that's kind of like the point of the conversation that she has with the principal though because the principal's like or the headmaster or whatever she's like stay as stay lost as long as possible mm-hmm. in your youth so i guess that that's kind of like um a nod to that and that Dre is gonna like she's just gonna have to figure it out like yeah she's not gonna try and do this thing or that thing she's just gonna like be lost mm-hmm. i think from like like a further perspective away from the world of like riches and being able to go to Ivy League schools that not that you can't go to Ivy League schools when you're not as fortunate but um I mean she worked her way up to that get to that point like she worked to get to that point and she she climbed the social ladder for that but she wanted to go there for herself not for other people mm-hmm. like she wanted to go there because yeah. she was smart so her yeah. rejecting that at the end felt like a letdown to me mm-hmm. because she finally got that back and it, that was the one thing that was hers mm-hmm. that like she worked for she did she put in everything and then like when she is in a position where she finally has it and she just says no yeah that feels like yeah. It, it, like, hurts for, like, me, someone yeah. who can't get into an Ivy League school like that, yeah. doesn't have the opportunity to just choose yeah. to go or not yeah. go. I think that's kind of where I'm, like, pull. yeah. Yeah. The fact that she, like, she says to Eleanor, I think, or Russ or whatever, or whoever, mm-hmm. she includes that after Yale, she wants to go to Harvard Law, specifically. I think that that was, like, a big indicator that's, like, well, she clearly has, like, a very specific dream Mm -hmm. so I think that kind of plays into what you're saying it's like obviously there was like a personal goal for wanting to go to Yale other than just like I went to Yale so (laughs) yeah because she because she was like I'm going to Yale and then I'm going to Harvard Law Mm -hmm. so I don't know maybe I'm 
like arguing against my own point, but I no, don't know. no, you you've got a point there for sure. Yeah. Well, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Done with the episode. Yeah. How um, did you feel about Max's character? I mentioned this while we were watching. They. The, this is, again, in that first, like, 45 minutes when they're just starting to, like, build up what's happening. They haven't, like, fully come into their own yet with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Andrea kind of goes on this rant about, like, how Max, like, uses people um, and how he'll use you until he doesn't need you anymore and then immediately drop you. And, you know, he's just kind of, like, a conniving person. And you want to believe her, but you haven't seen him do that because you don't, you don't actually know in that moment if, if he is responsible for the leak, for the leak of her sex tape. Like there's kind of an implication. Well, uh, maybe not the implication, but like the question of if he actually did it or not. Like I thought one of the plot twists that was going to happen was that it wasn't Max that had leaked it. Like, I thought maybe they were going to, like, throw a real curveball, and it was, like, somehow Eleanor yeah, had leaked same. it or something like that. I think you, at one point you were like, oh, is it the sister? Cause yeah. Like, <laughs> so, it really, it did feel yeah. like it could have been anyone. They didn't really, like, they kept saying that it was him, but, like, you were like, because you keep saying it's him, I want to believe it's not him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't actually see him do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not that you, I don't want to believe that he didn't do it yeah oh my god <laughs> so it's like you know he he did yeah. do it but up until a certain point you don't know that for a fact mm-hmm. and so you don't have like a you don't have a huge baseline to think that he's like this awful person that andrea is saying mm-hmm. that he is and all that stuff comes later and is slowly built up yeah mm-hmm. um which is good like i like a slow character development like maybe like a slow reveal that someone's actually a villain Mm -hmm. but especially since they started off so strong with like the max sucks he's so he yeah he's awful Mm -hmm. it it was a little bit weird because it was like well i'm sure he is but it's like why yeah you know give me more so that was my issue with that but i think it was a good not plot twist villain but like a good there all along villain kind of <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it's so clear it's like yeah he's a giant jerk he did a really awful thing and like he's getting no consequences for it and he's just rubbing it in everyone's faces but then at the very end you realize it's like he's had his hands all over this whole thing and he's been <laughs> he's been playing everyone from the start and he's he's responsible and it, you really realize that mm-hmm. it's like Ah, it was you. This is all your fault. I don't have to be mad at these other two characters at all, because it was you. Yes. It really so, is yeah. like the filmmakers were trying to manipulate you into thinking maybe he wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, because, like, yeah. they were telling you yeah. he was bad, but then they were showing you that he wasn't. And then, so you were like, well, maybe he's not. Mm-hmm. And then you see that all the other main <laughs> characters are kind of jerks, too. Yeah. And then you're like, well, maybe, but, like, I, don't, I just can't believe that. And then they pull it out at the end and are just like here's your mean card it's like you were right (laughs) audience you were right yeah Yeah. i like those i liked those moments when they were like Mm -hmm. sympathizing with the like popular characters that were like 
kind of the antagonist throughout mm-hmm. the whole film. Like, they're at a party, and Eleanor is, like, having a vulnerable conversation with Max, and mm-hmm. then that that group decides to throw Eleanor a birthday party, and she's, like, genuinely excited, like, genuinely really happy that somebody, like, yeah. remembered her birthday. And so it's, like... Especially since you had, a mom- like, a scene right before that that was... Um, Drea essentially being like where's the location of the party where's the party blah 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 like kind of getting on her and she was like you know tomorrow's my birthday can we do something and then you flash to um Eleanor and Gabby Gabby yeah um on her birthday how did you know that (laughs) I'm good I'm good with name I'm good with names Uh, and matching them to faces I'm not um anyways Eleanor and Gabby um like on the beach and stuff and it's like her birthday or whatever also side note I want to like them so much but she looks so much younger than Maya Hawk that I just can't one's in high school and one's Maya Hawk so it's like (laughs) to quote what I said during the movie but it's like it's it's a little bit like nah and there's like multiple scenes of them like kissing and stuff and like all for it, but also she just looks like fifteen and she looks twenty five. Yeah, it's nothing against like Yeah. Like, it's nothing against any of the actors. Any any of the actors, it's nothing against the mm-hmm. writing, it's nothing against like homosexuality or anything. It's really just that they look like like it just like there's a huge age yeah. gap. Yeah. And it looks like I don't know she, if there is or not, but... I've, it's just yeah. that, like, they're doing that thing, obviously, they cast a bunch of, like, mid-20-year-olds, because they have to, yeah. because they're doing things that they can't have minors doing mm-hmm. on screen legally, but one actress looks significantly much more like a high schooler yeah. than Maya Hawk does, which is not a bad thing, because she's a full-grown woman, Yeah, but it's like... <laughs> It's a little bit, like, everybody else in this movie looks like they're 25, and then you have the younger sister character who looks like she could maybe actually be in high school. That's how I felt with Max, too. Yeah. Because, like, he was on Euphoria, and... I felt like... Like, every time I saw him, like, I was like, he looks so much he looks like a college student he looks like a college frat boy to me mm-hmm. and but then he, there was a couple scenes like the one that you pointed out where he like really looked like a kid he looks yeah like yeah may, maybe it was just like the framing but it's like he looked very like he could pass Petite. for like a normal college kid yeah and mm-hmm. normal college boys like aren't hulking like <laughs> giants compared to like teeny tiny little high school boys like yeah it's not that it feels big of that. A difference. It feels that big, though. So it's it. Yeah. Yeah. This. We weren't talking about this. <laughs> we were talking about something well, different. One thing that Octavian has like said multiple times throughout the movie, and I think both of us agree, um, as in Jordan and I, uh, is that if this movie was in college, it would just make a way it- more sense. Because there's literally uh-huh. no adults, and it's a bunch of... Se- it's so awkward watching, the sev- like, what is supposed to be 17-year-olds, like, getting kind of sexual, and it's just like, I, I don't want to see that right now. And they are doing, <laughs> like, hard drugs. Yeah. Like, like 
hard with a capital H. Yeah. And it, it the narratively, like, it would make a lot of sense if this was set in, like, a really prestigious, like, very rich private college mm-hmm. with, like, a lot of Greek life yeah. or something like that. And they still could have gone the Yale-Harvard yeah. route. They just yeah. would have been, like, oh, for grad school or something mm-hmm. like that. Or just yeah. literally Harvard Law. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's, like, Yale make a Harvard, Harvard Law. Like, there's, like, <laughs> it, I don't know why Hollywood does this. I guess just, like, for the sake of appealing to youth. But it's, like, there's just this, like, adamant, like, attachment to making things set in high school yeah. that this clearly, like influenced Mm -hmm. because it's just like so outlandish like the wealth that these kids have is so insane the power that they have is so insane that it's like kind of comical that the things that they're able to do in this movie and it's nothing that we haven't seen before like it's the exact same thing with like mean girls how the main three are like super wealthy in like scream queens with chanel or you know even the heathers (laughs) yeah but it's like this I feel like takes it to another level because it's like that that opening scene like that party that they're having for Drea is insane mm-hmm. like and th- just the level of like mm-hmm. all the detail in the school yeah too is like taking like pro- prestigious private high school to another level yeah going to like the 17 thing I love the band Wallows so much they're so good in concert and one of their songs um said essentially like what you were saying um the first like words of the song is she she was only 17 wire girls and songs always 17 and it's so true it's like songs and movies and media and it's just like even the like the headmaster or the principal or whatever was like you're never more alive or something you're never more like you're never more alive than when you're 17. Yeah. I never felt worse since I was 17. <laughs> like I think it's just like this weird like romantic romanticization that a lot of people want to like well it's like when i was 17 it's like i knew that i was like going through it but it was like i didn't like i I didn't romanticize it but it's like Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people like want to for some reason just because it's like you're not 18 so you're not yeah like you're still a minor, so you're still in your youth. Mm-hmm. But you can go but, see R-rated movies. But you can, but it's like you can be sexual to a certain extent. You can have like adult experiences, but you're still young enough because you're mm-hmm. not 18 yet. And so then it's like you're caught in this like weird like vortex of like, ooh, that makes me uncomfortable. Seventeen-year-old yeah. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like seventeen is also like the new sixteen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I feel like when I was, like, young, it was like, oh, your 16th birthday, what are you gonna do? I think that was mainly perpetuated by, like, teen movies. Yeah. But, like, now it's, like, 17. Now it's about being 17. And And I think it's... I think it's for that mm -hmm. same reason, because it's, like, people realize that, like, well, 16's a little too young. Mm -hmm. 17... 17 is, like, when you're, like applying to colleges you're thinking about your future yeah and then you can have your, so then you can no, have your yeah, euphoria same. high moments and it, it'll be mm-hmm. semi-acceptable 17 is very is a very easy age very easy age to make a coming of age movie <laughs> yeah bringing back 17 again <laughs> yeah so basically our our grief was like this could have been set in college so well with like panhellenic 
Greek life culture. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just would have made more sense anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. Just with the actors and the drives that they had. I mean... Mm -hmm. I mean, even when you're in college, it doesn't mean that you don't have, like, those, like, petty little thoughts that you, yeah. like, used to have. I mean, I get that in col- in high school, you are much more hormonal, and you, like, act on your impulses, um, which is kind of what this whole movie is, is people just, like, acting upon impulse. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean, like, when the amount of drugs that are involved that are involved in this movie, like... And the stresses of everything, but you wouldn't still do a lot of this stuff. And people still are manipulative, and they're even better at being manipulative when they're yeah, older. Yeah, because they it's have like experience. they know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I guess you're kind of right. Like, if they're still in high school, it can be like the like plausible deniability of like they're young. Well, and they're dumb. still technically a, like a kid by the law so it's like Mm -hmm. they can't be held too responsible Mm -hmm. because then if you put it in college it's like Mm -hmm. well now the police like actually need to be involved but then again it's like if they went to like some sort of like very prestigious private college it's like lots of people don't face the consequences of like actual crimes while Mm -hmm. they're in college Mm -hmm. especially for like super duper privileged uh, people yeah so it, it still probably would have been fine. Mm-hmm. So that was our biggest... Uh, probably our biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. They Just, even had, like, where two people... Um, one that was more major and one that was way more minor characters go to, like, a rehab of sorts. That was weird. That was weird. Because <laughs> it's like they're these 17-year-olds in rehab, but they're also, like, sitting by the pool drinking martinis. Like... Yeah, I don't know if there's actually alcohol in it, but like, it was it, like a it was, it was very bougie. yeah it, it was like a country club. Yeah, well they make a point of that because yeah. they bring it up later. It's like because one of the characters threatens Drea's Drea for like by like planting drugs on her mom or mm-hmm. whatever, and which also planting never drugs got... on Drea or whatever. I don't know, but like Drea mentions like I I'm not gonna go to that fancy that fancy, like, faux spa Mm -hmm. rehab center, I'm gonna go to prison because I'm poor and because I'm not white. Yeah. And so I think that that kind of, like, that very specific, like, portrayal of that, like, Mm -hmm. rehab center plays into that. But also... I feel like it still would be applied in college because as much as we want to be, like, we're on our own, we're without our parents a lot of us, or a lot of college students still, like, depend on their parents for, like, money and stuff. Yeah. So the consequences really wouldn't change if it was aged up even a couple of years. Yeah. So. Make them college freshmen. I don't care. I Just think the yeah. only thing that would change for them is that they wouldn't have, like, um, Jordan said during the very beginning of the film, um, <laughs> that it it wouldn't have that, like, classic high school drama film thing because um at the very beginning of the movie Jordan was like this feels like it's gonna be like here you can explain it it feels like it's gonna be a um like a oh like a cult classic classic. oh yeah okay yeah I once we like started getting into the movie once it started being like really intriguing I was like this is gonna be like 
this is going to be considered camp in like maybe not camp is the right word but i was like this is going to be like a cult classic because mm-hmm. like the, in my head it's going to be kind of like a heathers type thing mm-hmm. like it's like yeah. it, people will be like that was weird but then it might get a little more popular down the line mm-hmm. yeah. which i don't know it came out today right yeah so it's like maybe it'll, <laughs> maybe people will watch it and be like this this is great yeah. Let's talk about this for the next month. And today a half. isn't when we're recording this, but yeah. it'll be a week from today when it's going up. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. But yeah. that's our biggest like issue with it. But like at the movie itself, besides with a little bit of pacing issues, I think is pretty good. I know what I, I don't know what I would rate it necessarily. I always find, I find rating things like kind of. Mm-hmm. hard and kind of contrived because it's like well I feel like I can't boil down my thoughts about yeah. something into just like a number because then it's like if it's not above a certain point people will like immediately write it off true mm-hmm. like if I see that something got like a three out of five I'm gonna be like eh, that seems like a little iffy but it's like things can still be really good mm-hmm. even if somebody gives it like a three out of five so it's yeah. like i see i kind of see no point in like giving a lot of times ratings. that can be from like technicalities or mm-hmm. yeah along that level and not that those things aren't important but um really it kind of comes dumbs down to like a rewatchability yeah um, mm-hmm. which do you guys think this film could be fun if you rewatch it? Because then, like, what was fun about it is not knowing what's going to happen. That's true. I think I could watch it in, like, a year from now. Yeah. I'm also I- just not someone who can easily rewatch movies. Like, I think there's maybe five movies that I can kind of rewatch. But I could see myself, like, pulling this up for, like, a sleepover in, like, a year or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think... I think that, like, characters... I really got into the characters when I started to notice, like, how, like, how driven by, like, revenge that specifically, like, Drea is. Mm-hmm. Like, how focused she was on it, I thought was really, like, yeah. not fun, but, like, I found really intriguing just because I, I kind of, like, love that trope mm-hmm. in female mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. of just being, like, really angry. Yeah. Um, and so I think, like, that would kind of be my drive for rewatching it. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe you could maybe like go back and see like the ways that those like plot twists are kind of like maybe hinted at in the mm-hmm. beginning or which might not be like, they a did a lot, lot but... of like foreshadowing in this film like not necessarily like actions but more with like lines mm-hmm. it was like Dre would say something and then Eleanor would say it like an hour later or something one of the things that again Jordan said was or actually, no, no, Sawyer said it, um, was that the actors were really good at reacting yeah. to each other. Um, and I think that lent itself a lot to what was happening because I think Maya Hawk, her character, was the one that was, like, hiding something, but she still managed to keep herself seeming genuine while also, upon rewatch, I feel like you could see that it's not. Yeah. Like, spe- there's a moment when they're talking about the revenge that they want to enact on each other. Mm-hmm. And they reference this as, like, a sign that she was always kind of hiding something. She tells Drea that she d- 
doesn't want to get revenge on the girl who bullied her. She wants to burn her to the ground. And you can see in her face when she says that, she is, like, seething with, like, anger and hatred. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you're like, well, that makes sense. She hates this person who bullied her. But when you go back and you look at it, you can see she is... She detests Drea, who's standing right in front of her. So she's looking right at the person that she wants to burn to the Mm -hmm. ground, which is, like, a great little acting choice Mm -hmm. on I think that the cast, within those two roles, I think the casting director did a very good job at casting Maya Hawk and Camila Mendes opposite each other. Same. (laughs) She's so good. So good. Um, Yeah. Like all the actors did really good though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what lines in this was like improv because like some stuff you could tell was pretty scripted, but like some of like the little reactions that especially Maya did, um, where it was like things that like I would say mm-hmm. made like that those like little lines that I'm just like, was that improv or was that like intentional? Like mm-hmm. I wanna know. I'm curious. Yeah. That kinda reminds me my other kind of grievance with the movie was just some like small throwaway like lines mostly at the beginning that were just kind of like there to show like hello fellow kids we're hipping down with the culture and like just like using like like slang or like yeah you know and that was mainly like the first 10 minutes of the movie the first 10 minutes of the movie I feel like was the worst 10 minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. which yeah. is not a good thing. Yeah. But once you get past that and, like, actually, like, stop trying to relate to the characters, I think it, like, it really grows into itself. Yeah. I was really close to asking you guys No, to you were so close. I was so <laughs> upset. Like, I could not stop getting upset about all of the character choices and all of the writing. Like, I was so mad about it. Mm-hmm. But, like, in hindsight... It's okay. It's fine. I understand. Yeah. And it builds into more. I just think that it when you don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the film, the beginning of the film just feels really... It just feels like they're trying too hard to be relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I kind of wish that, like, act, like script writers now would, like, if they're trying to write something where teens are talking bring in a couple teens and just check it like have them sign an nda or something and just have them check it yes because like it's either they're using it's generally speaking they're using like too much teen slang where it's like no one would say this like actually and it's really it's really cringy and it's just like yeah i just wish that they would just bring in the audience they would bring in the age of characters they're trying to reflect and even if it's just like having coffee with them or something Mm -hmm. and like try and get down their own their dialect so it doesn't sound cringy yeah because it feels like two adults sitting in a room trying to figure out like writing down a list of what things and putting them as many of them literally top 10 most used teen words go (laughs) like (laughs) Yeah. That's what it felt like at the beginning. It really, really dialed down, like, by, like, after the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, genuinely, like, all this stuff kind of went away. There were still, like, little moments, but, like, 
there it's always little moments. Yeah. But, yeah. My biggest issue with that mm-hmm. is, like, they're using slang, right? And mm-hmm. they're doing, like, too much of it. But then they're also using words from, like, opposite niches. Yeah. Like, they're not using, like, specific groups of people have specific, like, words that they'll use often. And then other groups of people will have other groups of words that they'll use often. And sometimes there's crossover, but sometimes there's not. And so it's, like, if you're going to use, like, the phrase, like, someone's choosing violence, and then also use the phrase, I'm gagged, like, in the same, like, (laughs) five-minute period, it's, like, only a very specific subset of people, like, use... (laughs) I'm gagged about something. Yeah, I've like, literally never heard like, that besides this Like, one. that's not something that, like, upper-class straight girls no. are using. No. I, I don't know who I said that, but, like... It was. It was an upper-class straight girl. <laughs> but, but... It was the friend, the... the um, you would know her name. Ta- Tara. Ta- How did you guys say Well, I, it's like... But that, then it's like... It's like I don't know. It's just, it's like, that's yeah. not, it, it, it's, yeah. it's like you're dipping your hands in two separate things and then mixing them and then acting like you didn't, which it's fine. It's like adults can't know that they're doing that, but yeah. Plus it's always, it's always kind of, it feels as though the words that they're choosing to use are not words that have a lot of longevity, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, when, I'm trying to think of a good example, when somebody says, like, your eyebrows look so fleek, like, that's so 2016, but I bet you that some, and part of that is not really their fault, because, like, language really develops so fast, especially with the age of media, um, where it's, like, a script that you wrote three years ago and that's now finally coming out as, like, a feature. Ha- like, the language is already old. Yeah. So yeah. part of that you can't really blame on the writers, but also, like, picking words like fleek or, like, I don't know what they actually used in the movie, but, like... Cringe. Like, people use that all the time, mm-hmm. but and they have for it multiple years. It depends on the context. But, like, yeah. I literally yeah. said it in this... Yeah. podcast but yeah. it it depends on the context like mm-hmm. the way she said it she was like that's so cringe like no one, <laughs> nobody says that anymore but it, you have a good point about it being like they wrote the script like three years ago when the slang was popular but mm-hmm. now you watch it and you're like uncomfortable like it's really risky to put that kind of thing in a film so maybe don't yeah and films <laughs> yeah. just keep doing it thinking that they're gonna pl- they're gonna appeal to younger audiences and it's like no <laughs> it another thing that i want to point out is like it gets especially tricky when you're bringing like so many people like mistake one like culture uh slang that's used in like lgbtq communities and then mm-hmm. also aave uh terms yeah and people mistake those for like internet like slang and like internet words and phrases so then like people will use them like incorrectly on the internet 
And then it's also, like, reflecting back on, like, misappropriation of an already, like, are of an already like used term by like yeah. a mm-hmm. specific subset of people yeah so then it's just like making everything even messier which is like mm-hmm. how things like i'm gagged like get kind of weird because it's like well where did that come from and then is this character like actually using it yeah. in a specific it yeah so yeah, yeah. that's just yeah. something one of the hard things about script writing is language with teens mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I've, I've like, pretty. almost never seen it done in a way that's good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think I ever have. Which I think attests to how hard it is to do. I don't know yeah. how good Euphoria is at it, because I've never, like, really watched it, but... I don't know if they really tried it. It's... Okay, I don't think they tried... Like, I think they, they tried to be, like... I'm gonna use the term down low, but this is, like, the worst time to use the term down low. <laughs> Um, I think they tried to, like, use slang, like, on the down low. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Without making it too obvious. But the problem with, like, I mean, a lot of people have touched on this with, like, Euphoria is that they deal with such heavy topics Mm -hmm. that it doesn't, it no longer feels like a teen film. It feels like, I mean, a teen show, a teen show, it feels like, like, something other than so yeah. people can relate to it on a lot of different levels, but it feels very, it feels very real, but also very fictional at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, if you have any of those slings, sling words in it, it it makes it disingenuous. It does, and whatever like words they use, they fit the tone of the story, and slang words like cringe and things like that, they they don't fit that kind of heavy story. Mm-mm. Yeah. So this one is a lighter story, so it mm-hmm. kind of makes more sense here. And it kind of feels, I mean, we've mentioned it about a million times already, mm-hmm. but it definitely feels like they're trying to be the next Heathers, the next Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And in those movies, if you look at them, like they're, the slang that they have in there does reflect their time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that they're trying to achieve that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I do appreciate that this film doesn't do is like overcompensate with like the curse words like Mm -hmm. so many things are like okay we need to make this edgy and we need to make this like relatable to kids who want to feel edgy so we're gonna put every every curse word that we can think of Mm -hmm. every few seconds i think euphoria is based on what i've seen is guilty of this yes yes but they use curse words like very sparingly through this and they and one thing that I absolutely despise is when, like, young characters will use swear words, like, in the presence of adults, and True. young people don't do don't that. Don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. like, if you're with, a, like, a college counselor, if you're with your principal, your headmistress, or whatever, you're not gonna drop an, you know, you're not gonna drop the F word every other sec- second, yeah. even though you might feel like you're cool and that you're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're not going to because you know, like... Respect. That's... Yeah, yeah this is not the time. Which is so, so interesting because, like, literally in every... Every person that, like, I look up to as far as, like, screenwriting-wise has always said that, like, cuss words and stuff are just tacky and they take away the... Yeah. Like, a... The... I don't know what the word is. Like, of the script, the... the 
prestige? Not prestige, no. but like the inte- in- integrity. Integrity. Integrity of the script because it's like that's kind of a cop out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's a tasteful way to use cuss words, and then there's a bad way to use cuss words, I, and a yeah. lot of films do it bad, which is so weird because I'm just like, am I just being taught differently? I think there. I think. I think that Jordan was right that they did it well in this because they did have, like, they did have the F word and they had other words that they were I, I thought it was really funny when that one girl called, whoever called somebody else. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, I, I think it's really funny when people do that. <laughs> but I, that's not something you hear super often in the yeah. States. So yeah. I thought pulling that one out was mm-hmm. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can cut that if you need to. <laughs> but, yeah. I think they use the I think they use their curse words in a very strategic way mm-hmm. and in a natural way and strategic in the sense that it wasn't super obvious like it felt it felt like it, a natural conversation because in a conversation like when you're talking to someone if you if you cuss throughout the conversation nobody's gonna like hold on to that and be like and like focus on the fact that you like cuss no one's gonna be like oh you just said that word like and they don't always, like, focus on it in terms of dialogue, but they'll focus on it with, like, the way the actors say the word and the mm-hmm. way the camera, like, sticks on them when they're... Like, they always exaggerate the fact that someone is cussing. And just, yeah. it doesn't need to be like that because it, in real life, it's it's much more natural than just like oh i'm so angry that i'm gonna cuss it's like, like throw yeah. away words at, it is at a certain point in your life it yeah. is literally throw away words and that's what it was here mm-hmm. yeah which was nice yeah 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 so good job yeah good job movie <laughs> kind of moving on from that i kind of enjoyed that i feel like more shows are doing this but like this shows movie um like really like let's itself be its own world in a way kind of like how like Bridgerton it's just it's just its own thing and Euphoria it's its own thing Mm -hmm. like yes there's like real life things that you can like kind of like pull from or whatever but like do revenge it's its own little world yeah and it's nice that it's not like they're not pulling any really current events Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I'm assuming it's current day, like, it's a contemporary, because you normally, like, say if it's not, and it's obvious if it's not, and they're using phones and things like that, but it was nice that it just, like... Didn't push it. Yeah. yeah. It was very just, like, you could easily get sucked into, like, the world of, like, the rich kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. It and wasn't, I, yeah. and there was no mention of COVID or Biden or Trump or anything controversial and stuff Which like is that. refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Just really refreshing because that's all people talk about right now. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why the first like ten minutes is like really jarring and a little bit hard to get through is mm-hmm. because like you don't understand what you're coming into because everything in the movie is just like so over the top that once you like land in on that first scene of this just like extravagant great Gatsby level birthday or like celebration party that they're mm-hmm. having for this 17 year old girl you're like this is so crazy and so just like 
mm-hmm. unrealistic that it's like I can't get into it. Yeah. But once you like realize that the whole film is like that, and that just like at all conventions of the real world are just like let, yeah, like like completely thrown out the door for this the sake movie of just had budget. Yeah, just just for the sake of creating this like world of extravagance, this world of yeah. pure revenge. You you get used to it. And so it's like, if we were to rewatch it and we were like, okay, this is the beginning party scene. Mm -hmm. That makes absolutely perfect sense why it would be this way. Yeah. And I'm guessing it would probably be a little bit easier to sit through. Yeah. So 100% right about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely that it creates Mm -hmm. its own world, both in like the narrative and in, especially like the storytelling because the budget for like scenic design costumes even the cinematography Mm -hmm. is really pretty yeah the movie itself stunning yeah like so pretty it has a couple shots in there that i was like wow (laughs) yeah it's really beautiful yeah and i i compared it to euphoria earlier with like the Mm -hmm. costuming Mm -hmm. but also like they have these party scenes where there's like lighting that's like dual toned and like uh super like colorful but they don't like try to uh draw on that too much like they don't Mm -hmm. overuse it and the rest of the movie is just like this very nice like very well color graded like it's kind of pinterest vibrant (laughs) yeah it's like it's like vibrant and you can see that things Mm -hmm. have kind of been altered but it's like it exemplifies just the world that they're living in where like everything's sunny everything's uh pretty everything's like clean looking it just is it's really well done yeah i think it would be interesting to go back through it and pay a little bit more attention to the colors because mm-hmm. i didn't pay too much attention to the colors and toward until towards the end of the film when when um maya hawk's character was dressed in orange and um drea mm-hmm. was in blue yeah and i that's like my favorite two combinations of complementary colors mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really a really cool statement to make that like they're complete opposites, yeah. but they work together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But I wanted to go back through and kind of see mm-hmm. how their colors shift throughout. Because I remember seeing um, Drea in a lot of pink, but then you said some yeah. yellow. So and- I Drea's like whole room is like pink, yellow, and like red e. Mm-hmm. And then, like, throughout the film, she's always wearing a lot of yellow. And then, kind of when they, like, switch characters, she switches to blue. And the best scene I can think of with this is when they're, like, in pajamas. And um, I don't remember where this, like, happened. Like, this is, like, timeline-wise. Um, but Eleanor is in, like, a very, like, a silk blue pantsuit. But it's, like, pajamas. And then um, Drea's in, like pink like a tank top and short situation um but then by the end of it um there's like one scene where it's like they're on like a sunset kind of and it's so cool because um Eleanor's wearing like yellowish colors and like the sun is also very yellow obviously and is very like sunsetty but then on Drea's side it's like blue and in way more blue turn- toned on the other side, which I thought was so cool. I love when directors mess with color. Oh, me too. I love Edgar Wright because he like very he each character gets like such like a he each character is very like color driven, which mm-hmm. I love his stuff. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think colors how directors and 
artists use color is really interesting to tell stories. I agree. So, yeah. One thing, well, actually, I'll ask a question. Mm-hmm. I know that we're kind of getting further on into the runtime, but how do you guys feel about Eleanor and Drea ending up as friends? I think it makes sense for how both of them are just terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> Like, all of them are terrible, and they understand that they're terrible, so they're like, why not just be terrible together? Because they're not going to get any other friends. But I do kind of, like, wish that they weren't friends, but I also don't know what they would be doing if they weren't. Yeah. There wouldn't be really a satisfying end to it, because, like, we were all like, where are they from? Don't become friends again. Like, this girl literally threatened to, like, get your mom, like, fired. Yeah. If you didn't ruin your own life, why would you be friends with her? And then this girl literally ruined your life. So why would you be friends? And I think to some extent, they kind of just ended up putting aside their differences and realizing that it's not entirely, like, they can't keep blaming each other for things. Because, like, if you think about it, like... And this this goes for a lot of bullying. That this is not saying that bullying is right, and it's not saying that you shouldn't feel like validated in your feelings about being bullied. I've been there. I know that it sucks, but you can't let that define you, because mm-hmm. this happened when um, Maya Hawk's character. What is her name? Um, I just keep saying uh, Eleanor. Eleanor. Um, This happened when Eleanor was... 13. 13. At tennis camp. (laughs) really young. This is when 13 13 and 14, 15, that's when people are their worst. That is when they just... They're finally realizing, oh, I can say whatever I want, and Mm -hmm. they say some really... edgy, and I can say curse words. Yeah. Yeah. Kids can say some really, really cruel stuff, and... Like, I'm guilty of letting that cruel stuff, like, affect how the rest of my life goes. Yeah. And that made it, I'm not trying to make this deep right now, but that (laughs) made it really hard to get through middle school and high school because I felt all of those insecurities from the things that people said when I was younger. Yeah. But one of the things that I learned was that those people can say those things to you, but they don't get to decide how you feel about what they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, it's not um, Emma Hawk's character's fault. No. <laughs> Eleanor. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Eleanor's fault that she was bullied. Mm-hmm. But, but it was also her decision to go then and... It was, her, it was yeah. her decision to go and make that who she is. Yeah. Because it's not who she is. Mm-hmm. She's so much more than that. And... She deserves to be more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I I just related to that a lot, and mm-hmm. I felt like it, that needed to be something that was said, and I feel like they could have um, explained that a little bit more towards the end, that yeah. you get to choose who you want to be and who how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Um, I honestly feel like Gabby would have said that, and kind of did through like not saying it. If that makes sense, because she was like, I wish I wasn't right, or something, or, or I can't, she was like, I can't believe I was wrong, kind of referring to who she was, I guess, 
who, or who she thought she was before or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know what else, like, what other, like, conclusive, like, ending there could have been for the two characters. Because mm-hmm. I think that, especially, like, what you said, like, learning that they can't let these things that have happened to them, especially between the two of them, like, impact their lives forever especially when the time that they've had together has been some of like the best of the past year mm-hmm. yeah i think they summed it up really well when they're like talking to each other and they're like i think we're just like really screwed up soulmates yeah and because it's like they it's like yeah they are like mm-hmm. yeah like they've done they're both crazy they mm-hmm. are crazy mm-hmm. and insane but they're not and in in this world that the filmmakers have created, in this world of the narrative, they're not irredeemable. Yeah. And they can become redeemable again together. through each other yeah. together. I will so say, I think that was nice. This movie could have been a really cool duology. I think I think they did really well at giving you the like opposite sides attract two magnets kind of mm-hmm. like thing. Um while still keeping them on the same plane of existence because a yeah. lot of times when people do the opposites attract thing it's a lot it's often like this romanticized like this person is bad this person is good but like 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 or almost like um a batman and joker kind of thing yeah. where like the joker can't live without the batman but the batman can't live without the joker or um uh some, some insert teen drama insert teen insert drama something, yeah. yeah insert teen drama here um a lot of times they can it can feel very surface level yeah and not that this isn't surface level but i feel like they they did something else creative to it in making that it that none of the characters are good characters. Yeah. So you don't have... It's like, instead of choosing, oh, we're just going to say this person's good and this person's good, but they're also opposites. But they're going to end up being friends. Isn't that fun? (laughs) No. We've seen it a million times, and there's not much to it. Like, you Mm -hmm. get it. Um, But this... you Towards the end, like, you don't know if they're going to be friends again because... Mm -hmm they're both bad people and you kind of don't really want them to be friends but then you realize that it's okay yeah yeah kind of going off of that it's interesting because with how like terrible all of them are i don't like i guess at the end i kind of like both of them but it was always i was picking which one i liked better Mm -hmm. in a given circumstance yeah like i never liked both of them at one time Mm -hmm. it was always i was either always drea you need to have figure like stop it's like marriage story yeah oh my gosh <laughs> that's such a good movie. well yeah i love that movie you scarlett's yeah. just a good actress but yeah <laughs> final thoughts yeah comments i'm just gonna say something else i forgot what it was so yeah. oh. i think this movie has like the workings to be something that people go back to and just mm-hmm. like have fun with with their friends like you said like have it for a sleepover um i think it it has more of a like a classic tone to it than something like 
um, a lot of the other teen dramas that just get like thrown she's all out. That. Just or he's all that. Just the Addison Rae. Yeah, she's out. She's all that was the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like thrown out there, mm-hmm. and feel they don't they don't feel like they have much heart to it. I think this has a little bit more heart. Yeah. One thing I wanted... I'll probably reorder this. One thing I wanted to mention is... We kind of talked about this during the movie, but they did the typical, like, makeover scene. Mm-hmm. But they did... They, it was necessary. Like, it, it wasn't unnecessary. It wasn't for the sake of, like... It wasn't to make my Hawk prettier. We gotta get Eleanor a... Well, in this case, a woman. Like, yeah. we gotta get her a woman, and she's not gonna be able to do that if she's not hot. But it's, like, she literally had to, like change for the sake of fitting into it was like it was like a makeover scene but for like a heist movie yeah. where like the where like the whatever female character has to like wear a dress and then go to like mm-hmm. the ball or whatever and like infiltrate the thing yeah mm-hmm. and they even have a line that was like no oh, this feels problematic that, that we're doing that it, it, so, it was so that was like one of the instances where it's like okay that like they understand that's a that's a yeah. that's a teen reference that's funny because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's making fun of itself. Yeah. yeah. So that was, like, good use of yeah. like, it's, slang. It's, like, they're aware that mm-hmm. this is a trope that is not typically okay anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're doing it to fit the narrative instead mm-hmm. of... Doing it to do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not like they're taking off the glasses and brushing her hair. Yeah. Yeah. They're is a reason behind the makeover and it's not because my hawk is not already pretty she's gorgeous. they're she's so pretty they're just changing like the i don't know how to describe it like niche she is yeah because like prior she was like granola girl-esque they use that word yeah, in she, the movie she's like yeah she's like tomboy grunge gator girl-esque but then she's not um, after the makeover, she's, like, preppy, but it's not because she wants to necessarily. I mean, through, after, she kind of, like, enjoys the clothing, um, yeah, which she is really to, nice. Yeah, she... Maybe she doesn't just hate it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they kind of do in Stranger Things with also Maya Hawk. Like, that character just is so out of her element in that, but then in this one, her character, like... Doesn't like it originally, but then, like, grows to it and, like, gets her own style. And it's real. Her style is so cool in this movie. Props yeah. to costumes. Mm-hmm. But, like, it just makes sense. It wasn't to make her prettier because of, like, the male gaze or whatever. It was to fit the plot. Also, I like that jacket that she picked out that yeah. Drea didn't want her That's to That's what I was going to, like... It was like a it, token gay jacket. I'm like, yes, I'll, I'll wear that. <laughs> Give me. And like the the rejection of the jacket from Drea, that maybe this is just me reading into it, but it kind of like showcases that selfishness that Drea has, or like that like intense focus that she has on revenge, because yeah. she knows that this jacket isn't gonna fit into her like perfect mm-hmm. revenge plot. But then, she, um. Eleanor is gifted not a similar jacket but it is like a more like masculine looking jacket yeah that she obviously really likes by those friends that had previously rejected Drea and so it's kind of like a nod to how like Drea ha- is is like 
so like one note on mm-hmm. this like revenge scheme that she has that she's like avoiding actually like engaging with her friend that she does genuinely really like hanging out with yeah. and then also Eleanor's like acceptance into this like preppy popular group which mm-hmm. I thought was again maybe it's just me reading yeah. into it but um yeah 